That's he gross. cut off their penises and then sodomized them with their own cut off penises. Yes. What? Oh. All right, everybody, welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast, Talk Murder to Me. At least we hope we're your favorite. Oh, we are. Yeah. What are what am I drinking? Tell me about this drink. Well, as you guys know, John gives us weekly clues about the uh, story we're hearing tonight. Tonight's clues were bullying and trash. That's correct. So I'm drinking some sort of grape juice? No. Or fruit, or fruit punch? No. See, now, the first thing that I thought of when you said trash brought me back to... Good old Quinnipiac University, where we actually, we didn't call it trash cans then. We called it jungle juice. Jungle juice. Yeah. More affectionately known as trash can punch. I didn't know that it was called trash can punch until this episode, but... Wait, what were you talking about? So you used to drink out of the trash can? No. No. No, that's what... So jungle juice is apparently called, also called the trash can drink. Whatever. So jungle juice or the trash can drink is we're just gonna call a whole it trash cans. bunch of alcohols with fruit punch. Like what? Gin, vodka, and rum in tonight's version. We did not do Everclear because we did not want to die. Hmm. We still might die. I mean true. we're gonna die eventually. Once you are born you start dying. Yeah, it's true. That's depressing. So it's really good. I, don't, yeah. I feel like there's no alcohol in it, though, to be honest. I feel exactly. like, That's the trick. Oh, yeah? Okay. So how many of these do I need to drink before I start feeling We don't the know. Effects? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who passes out on the floor first tonight. Probably me. Wait. Yes? You guys, are get, you guys aren't doing surprise shots? We yes, are. we are. We have them on the table already. Oh. Because I don't see your bongos. They're like literally right there. Okay, go ahead. Do it's your thing. time for the, her favorite segment. Oh, it's everyone's favorite segment. Well, I guess it's just my favorite segment. <laughs> Surprise shots. Surprise shots. Wow, that's a little bit of yeah. a different tune this time. I'm telling you, we really need feedback on the surprise shots. Yeah, that was kind of like funky almost. I kind yeah. of didn't so, the so Jen poured our surprise shots for the evening. Where's mine? Right, right behind you. you. In front. In nope. front of you. In front of you. Nope. There we go. Oh, so it's vibe. clear. John's going to know what it is right away, probably. It's peppermint. Schnapps. No. Peppermint vodka. Wrong. I don't know. Drink. Cheers. Oh my god, I have such bad memories of peppermint patty shots. Oh no. Tastes like a candy cane. So for those of you who don't know my peppermint patty shot story, I think it's been edited out of a previous telling of this. So, um... I forgot about that story. No. So, um, so friend... Of a friend. We can't talk about friends. Gave me You can't this use idea friends' names. That's rule number three. She gave me this idea of peppermint patty shots, and she actually got me the ingredients when um, when I saw her. Um, I think it was like around my 22nd birthday. 
And so it was peppermint schnapps, um, chocolate syrup, and you can top it up with, with some whipped cream. So you take the peppermint shot and you swirl around some Hershey's syrup in your mouth and swallow it. And if you want like to bad top time. it up with yeah. a whipped cream, delicious. So in my senior year of college, this was like the go-to shot to have because one, actually probably the main reason, not only is the peppermint patty shot delicious in itself, but it leaves your breath minty fresh. So like yeah. when you're ready to go out... Normally, you're, like, brushing your teeth right before you go out. Well, you just take a peppermint patty shot, and you're all set. So, on the first anniversary of my 21st birthday, we had some peppermint patty shots, and I had a literal two-day hangover. And it was the worst I've ever felt in my entire life. Mm. I was, like, puking for two days straight. I'm sorry to bring back those memories. I mean, it's good. It still gave me a little bit of a flashback when I had that. Was it peppermint schnapps? No, it was Dr. McGillicuddy's. Oh, yeah. What is Dr. McGillicuddy's? Oh, yeah. We used to love drinking Dr. Dr. McGillicuddy's. Okay, so before we get started, I want to go over the rules of our podcast. (laughs) Rule number one, no cell phones at the table. Rule number two. Rule number two, we all drink together. So if you may notice, a lot of these rules were created by... Or were enforced because of one person. I'm not going to name any names, Jen, but we made these rules for one person here at the table. So, rule number one, no cell phones. Rule number two, we all drink together. Rule number three, no naming friends that no one knows about, unless it's Elaine from Seinfeld. That's rule the only rule. Rule four, no petting the dogs. Rule number four, no petting the dogs. Wait, that was that's a new rule. That, that wasn't for me. Yeah, well, that's for Nicole. Yeah, yeah, that one was me. And then that's that's the four rules we have so far. Hey, you guys, starting now. If you're on Stitcher or Spotify or Pandora or freaking Napster, whatever it is, give us a five-star review right now because that helps keeps us going, gives us motivation. Plus, we get to shout you out. So if you've already left a review... Go to your boyfriend's account and leave another review. The best review every week will get a $10 Amazon gift card. Why $10? Because we're freaking cheap, man. Like, we're not making any money with this crap. $10, yeah, literally, we're poor. $10 is all we can do right now. Sorry. Just leave a review. You'll probably win because it'd be between you and someone else. Here we go. July 1st, 1977. It's hot as balls. Right. True. School's also out for the summer. School's, School's out oh, for summer. I just yeah. totally set you up for that one. You did. Thank You're you. Yeah. yeah. I'll so. find another song to sing regardless. Okay, I can pretty so much put a song to anything. 1977. It was hot as balls in California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, I know. So the receptionist, Linda Gertrude. That was of the her school? name. No. Of the... Riverside, California Sheriff's Information Center was checking the temperature on the thermometer because it was getting 94 degrees. And this is in California. It's hot as balls, right? It's 1977. And two men walk in to the station. She's she's a receptionist handling all these calls, like complaints, trying to route people to where they need to go. Two men walk in. One's a tall guy. The other one's kind of short kind of scrawny right and they get her attention 
you know, hey, miss, can I, can I ask you, can I, miss, can I say something? Okay, the short, kind of scrawny one points to the wall to a wanted poster. And he says, that poster on the wall, that's us. Whoa. And she looks at it, and then she looks at them, and she says, I guess that's so. <laughs> Wait, that's so casual. Wait, no. I would be like, holy <laughs> shit, stay where yeah. you are. I'll be right back. She says, I guess so. That's what she says. I guess so. That day was the conclusion when they when she said I guess so that concluded a 15 year murder spree of estimated up to 46 young boys. Wow. 46 46 well, young mean, boys. That be, ended it. To be fair, I would hope that would be the conclusion if they're turning themselves in and they didn't just like walk out of the sheriff's station. Yeah, they're like that's me <laughs> and she's like bye. I guess so. Yeah. And hey, like, bye. Right. No, they were they were both apprehended. So were there police like nearby, like in the room? Oh yeah, this is sheriff's department, right? So they, they so so she says it, and then like they're swarmed by police. Yeah, because they were in shock. Number one, who's going to kill forty six young boys and then come in and confess? And they tied them all to these people. No, they confess. I'll get there. Okay, this is a crazy story. So, well, the one that the short guy confessed, and we're going to talk about him. Tall and small. So there was a tall, muscular guy. And then there's a short, kind of scrawny guy, and he said, "You know what I That's thought of us. immediately? What? <laughs> Lumiere and Cogsworth <laughs> from Beauty and the Beast. I was thinking the two villains from 101 Dalmatians. Oh yeah. Yep. Wait, what was it? 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, yeah, the thieves. I never the seen one... that. That's about the dogs. Or like uh, Pain right? and Panic from Hercules. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's always, always a tall and small. I never saw that either. What? I don't watch kids' movies. I'm sorry. Well, we were kids once. You can watch them. Yeah, no, I'm older. I'm an adult. Okay, 1939. This guy was born. 1999? Yes. 39. 39. Oh, sorry. I can't. He's old. Sorry. I can't hear you. We need to figure out why this is. I'm telling you the media does this, but this guy has, he uses his first, middle, and last name. I'm telling you, it's the media thing. Or maybe he just always went by three names. Patrick Michael Kearney is who we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Is he the tall one or the small one? He's a small one. Okay. So the guy that he was with was his longtime lover. Oh, they're For about 15 years. David Hill. But he was acquitted of all charges. Hmm. Have you guys seen or read the book Carrie by Stephen King? Yes, I've heard of Carrie. Can you like... Kind of describe what it is. So she's a teenager. She gets bullied, and then she, but she has like these telepathic powers, and then she goes to the prom and she like kills everyone with her telepathic powers, and there's blood everywhere. Yeah. So all right, the yeah, basically that's it, right? So she was, she was a victim of bullying, and then they give her the the prom queen. What is it? The crown crown. or whatever. As a joke, because they were bullying her. And then at the prom, they dump pig's blood on her. And she finally loses it. And she had all these telepathic powers or whatever. And she locks the gymnasium and then lights the place on fire and all the kids die. Patrick Michael Kearney, when he was investigating, when he was talking to police, he kind of relate to them that his life growing up was like that girl. 
hmm. Carrie. He was constantly bullied. This guy was kind of girly. How tall was he? He was short. He was short like well, now short? as an adult, he's five five. So he was. Well, he was a runt. That's short, yeah. For he was. He had these big glasses with the thick frames. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a girly posture. He got called uh, queer boy. He got called girly boy and little faggot hmm. when he was in grade school growing up. So he was he was the victim of bullying. And I told Jen before we started. Or I didn't tell her, but I suggested to her to look up some effects on bullying. Because as you guys know, bullying is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real thing. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, we saw it in, in grade school. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, you have. Whole nother level nowadays. Yeah. Now, yeah, exactly. I mean, now it's social more. Social media. Yeah, yeah, social media. Cyberbullying is like mainstream. That's yeah. how like a lot of things people get bullied now yeah Yeah. a lot of i mean i've seen i've seen a video of this girl like 15 year old hang herself on social media or whatever facebook Mm -hmm. live did you see that video no because she was bullied i didn't you know all these school shootings you know they were bullying involved i mean the bullying is a big thing so jen do you have anything to weigh on the bullying well bullying you know there's it's a hot button issue um there's but it's important to know that it's not just a phase. Like, people don't just, like, go through phases. It's intentional behavior. And it has long-lasting impacts on the victims that are bullied. And um, there are different forms of bullying. You know, you have your physical bullying where you, like, literally, like, in- like physically harm someone. You have social bullying, which could be, like, in- intentionally excluding people or social media, you know, type of things. Okay, guys, so he was bullied, and at eight years old, he starts thinking about, we're not thinking about, he starts fantasizing about killing his classmates, you know. So he was, like, obsessed with it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he was getting basically tortured, you know, and as humans, like, we we depend on that social validation, right? Like, mm-hmm. to fit in. Yeah. So, if, you, if you're if you denied that, then there are some very, very bad consequences that can come from it. Okay, so his dad was... I mean, his life growing up wasn't bad at home. His dad was a disciplinarian, but he wasn't abusive or anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> his mom was just a housemaker. Right, stay-at-home mom. His dad actually worked for the LAPD, which is kind of interesting, kind of ironic from where the story turns out. Um, Anyway, so at at 13, any questions so far? No. No. Wait, what part of California? Um, This is Eastern California. So this is going to be um, East Los Angeles. Okay. Are you guys, do you guys know where Los Angeles is? Yeah. Can you tell us where Los Angeles is? It's in Southern California. Yeah. So like East Los- Side. LA. LA is huge. Yeah. It's a huge city. So if you, it, a lot, all right. So a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight, obviously the guy's gay because he goes in with his lover. Mm-hmm. So during that time in the seventies, what I was reading and see, none of us were born during that time. So we really can't like know firsthand but homosexuals that was not an accepted thing and still hardly is today right but california 
especially like L.A. Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, Boston, exactly. So. San, Fr- San, San Francisco was um, like the most accepting, I guess. So a lot of the victims that we're going to talk about actually kind of ran away from home to go to San Francisco because they were gay and there's nowhere else in the country that would really accept their lifestyle. Hmm. So, so keep he that was, in mind. he was murdering other gay people? So gay people at the time, they were they were being threatened. You know, this was during the time where they were getting... It was not okay to be gay. Well, especially since you know? he was growing up in the time where... Yeah. Like, it was... Like, the 70s was when it kind of started yeah. being accepted. It's, like, not, not like it was today, but, like... But especially when he was growing up, if that... You know, if he had that... If he identified as gay... And to be born in the 30s, growing up in the 40s, that's like, that's definitely, it was definitely. It's interesting that his classmates would bully him about that. Like they would call him those derogatory terms of being gay. So I I don't know if that's something he openly identified with at a young age or if his classmates like knew or could tell. That's a good point. I think that like. Because he probably didn't. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't. When I was. You know, eight years old, I, I didn't really, I don't think I knew what gay was. So I think they saw something different in him, right? Well, he acted he, kind of he feminine. He was more yeah. Like you said, he was small yeah. and had, you know, so like, I think that was more, I think a lot of like the small guys are targeted yeah, like, when exactly. you're young. Like if you're not the epitome of masculinity, that's like easy a target. Prey. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he was easy prey. So his dad was an LAPD cop. And at the age of 13, his dad taught him how to slaughter pigs because they, you know, they used this 70... They had a farm? They had a farm, yeah. Okay. They had a farm. They had pigs. Yeah, they just went out to random... Oh, weird. <laughs> no, they, they, they had pigs, so they would slaughter them, right? Okay, so he said the best technique to slaughter a pig is take a twenty two caliber Derringer pistol. And what you want to do is put it right behind the pig's ear, his left ear, slightly above and behind his left ear. So behind his left ear and slightly above. So right here. Like right yeah. here. The reason you want to do that, son, son, the reason you want to do that is because when you take the shot, there's less blood because... The the bullet actually doesn't exit the skull. It sticks in the pig's brain. Instant death for the pig. And there's less blood because the bullet's actually in his brain. Shuts down all the systems. Pig's dead. Right? Less of a mess. You don't have to shoot twice. Instant death. I feel a little foreshadowing coming on. And you don't have to... You're not going to shoot out the pig's skull and hit the barn wall. So, that's how he slaughter pigs so the first time he did it, his dad was with him you know kind of nervous 13 year old son shooting a 22 caliber into a pig's skull right and actually went well he actually did a really good job but his dad noticed okay well it's kind of weird it seemed like he kind of enjoyed that but you know i'm not not really gonna whatever you know i'm not gonna he think about just it. been like excited to yeah have done a good job yeah so he really enjoyed it and in fact he took care of all the pig slaughterings from then on and he enjoyed it so much that when he was unsupervised his dad wasn't there 
he would shoot the pig and then roll around in the blood that was there oh. of the pig. So yeah, he that took no. a turn for the worse. Yeah, so he's oh, getting well. Think about it. This kid's thirteen now. He's been bullied his entire life. Every, I mean, he's yeah, been. Yeah, I still don't see the correlation with wanting to roll around in pig's blood. Yeah, but that's okay because yeah. he's because he can finally control uh, a life force, right? So he's got all these bullies, these bigger kids, picking on him, calling him a little girly boy and little faggot and stuff. They're bigger than him. He can't fight back. Now he's got a gun. And he's got this pig that isn't going to fight back, and he is in control completely. I mean, I can, actually, I can see that path where, where yeah. it loses me is the rolling around in the pig's blood. But okay. carry on. So that, that um, experience may have caused this, or may, it may have been a separate incident, incident. But between 13 and 14, he finally has his first sexual experience. So young. how how wait you... like like having sex or just like yes having sex that's young exactly that's really yeah. young like disturbingly so yeah yeah it was with the family pet what yeah it was with the dog no! <laughs> oh my god stop! Yeah. it was with the no! dog oh, god, oh no I don't know what's oh, worse bestiality this is the if it's oh. a dog it's awful he said it was the dog yeah it was the dog oh, it was the dog. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it was no. oh, it no, was no, full no. intercourse with a what? dog. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this thing? He's he's screwed up, kid. Man, he's been yeah, bullied. You he, think he put his yeah wee wee inside the pet in the dog inside the dog? Oh my god! With the dog? No. Yeah, his oh, male or female and stuff. His, oh, the no. dog's booty hole. He puts his wiener inside oh, of it. Oh no. So that's what happened. How did they? How did he confess to this? Yeah, he. Well, he's like, like telling his life story. Yeah, his he's life like, story. So here's <laughs> how I get into this, this is like, shit. This is Baba Wawa here with Patrick <laughs> Michael Kenny. Oh. Now, Patrick, tell me how you your first time. <laughs> oh my god, that's absolutely yeah. disgusting. That's I, like that's that's even worse than like the peanut butter thing that you some people hear about like, that's that's a myth people don't do that well he's not putting peanut butter on your johnson yeah no putting your johnson in peanut butter no no you peanut put you spread peanut butter on your wee wee and then let the dog lick <gasps> it off no i've never heard that before why are you oh, telling me I this have, i've heard of that before but i've never heard of that was sex <laughs> that was in a blink 182 song Ew. Was it? Yeah. Sing it. What song? Uh, what song? I, mean, I don't know what song. They're all the same. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are. I was they listening to Blink the, the other day. Same chords. Yeah. Small um, things, truth care, truth, truth brings. brings. I'll, I'll take, take one, one hit. hit. You're right. Best trick. Always, I know you'll be at my show. Watching, waiting. Commiserating Say it ain't so I will not go To turn the lights off Carry me Yeah, I saw them live Really? Yeah, they were awful 
They, they were playing with Green Day. Green Day was fucking I phenomenal. I love Green Day. They were my first concert. Green Day was really good. Blink My Two was just like what? Like Travis the drummer. It was cool. Was this he, like, pre or post plane accident? Because he was in a plane. This accident. was pre plane accident. Yeah. No, his plane plane, uh, plane accident was the day of my brother's wedding. Wow. Because it was in Columbia, South Carolina. It was like two miles from where really? we were. <gasps> Getting when my brother was getting oh married, we were like two miles away. Wow. Yeah, hmm. and you know DJ AM or yeah. whatever. He died in that, right? Yeah. So there was three people. There's a pilot which died, DJ AM died, and then Travis Barker, uh-huh. the drummer, blame it too. He was, and you can still see he's got all the burns. Yeah. He had like third degree burns all over his body. And then he had that TV show, too, on Oh, MTV. that show sucked. It was bad. Okay, so anyway, around this time, he was also getting moved a lot. So his dad quit the force and became a salesman. So they moved. They had a stint in Arizona, right? But no matter where he went, he was getting bullied, right? Really? But, yeah, so he was getting bullied because he was, a, like you said, know, ephemeral, infeminate. But the thing about this guy... Uh, Patrick Michael Kearney was he was very intelligent. An IQ test done on him, he scored a 180. Around wow. this time, he actually learned three different languages, not including English. He learned Japanese, Chinese, and Spanish, and can speak all three fluently. Wow, That's which impressive. yeah. And which, how old was he? Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Wow. So he's a very smart guy. Very smart. I can't even, like, speak English nicely. Okay, so he moves to Arizona with his family, but he's continuing. He continues to be bullied, you know. They keep calling him names. And then he keeps thinking about killing his classmates, right? So, finally, 1957, he graduates high school. That that life is over with him. No more bullying, right? Yay. Wrong. So Yeah, wrong. So he So all right, he, he has a stint in El Camino Community College to study engineering and he graduates, gets a degree, and he wants to put that degree to use. Because he's a smart guy, hundred and eighty GPA. Yeah, that's kind of an understatement. Four different languages, can speak fluently. He goes, gets a grad or a degree for engineering, joins the Air Force. Because he wants to go travel and use his languages and see the world and put his education to use. Oh, he could have been based here. Well, yeah, he could have been. And boom, he's stationed in freaking Texas, right? Go on. Go on. Okay, so when he's in California, he meets the love of his life, Hmm. right? He meets the partner that he's going to spend the rest of his life with, his love, his everything, his, you know, his knight in shiny armor. Shining, not shining. Shiny? Shining. Shining. He meets his knight in shining armor. He's tall. He looks like a construction worker. So think of, um, what's the guy that plays Thor? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Yeah, so think of Chris Hemsworth. We're going with Chris Hemsworth as the love of his life to short five foot five man. Yeah, so Patrick Michael Kearney was dating Chris Hemsworth. Oh my God. Chris Hemsworth, we know if you're listening. <laughs> we know you're married and have children. We're just saying someone that looks like you. Yeah. So anyway, Chris if Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth was listening to this podcast, I would like die. Yeah. Yeah, that may be good if he's like stranded with only one podcast to listen to. It's ours. 
And he has no choice but to listen to ours. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. if it was in a life and death situation, and it's like, either you listen to this podcast or you die. He'd listen to it. Yeah. He seems like a really cool guy. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. He, oh, he is fun. I feel like if you I saw him, like that's how you about John Cena gave me the what's up kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so I think Chris Hemsworth was also give me the what's up. Who do you like more than Chris Hemsworth? Um, what's what's the guy from the movie Passengers? What's the guy's name? Oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah, it was other Chris. I love Chris Pratt oh, so he's much. Too. Okay, so he, this guy is tall, muscular, mm-hmm. looks like construction worker, and they they fall in love. But there's I just one problem. Chris Hemsworth in construction gear. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-mm. So Chris Hemsworth and his assless chaps falls in love with Patrick Kearney. But there's one problem. What? Chris Hemsworth has a wife. No, David not Chris Hill. Hemsworth. David Hill has a wife. That's awkward. Back home in Texas. Oh. That was a problem. And in 1961, so Kearney had did three years in the Air Force. He did his duty, honorably discharged, and everything. He's out. Hmm. How you know? long is that all you need to sign up for? Is three years? Well, at years. the time it was... Well, no, it depends on your job, normal one. Like, some jobs is eight years. Some jobs is two years. Some jobs is four years. Depends on the job. Okay. So, anyway, he gets honorably discharged in 1961. And he, you remember he got stationed in Texas. Right. So he's... Where sick. in Texas? Uh, the stars at night know. were big and bright. Deep in the heart Houston. of Texas. He got stationed in Houston, Texas. So he gets sick of the heat, the scorching heat of fucking Texas. I mean, this guy's from California. Patrick Ke- uh, Patrick Kearney moves back to California. David Hill follows him. Keep in mind, he's got a wife. All right, so David Hill, I want to point out that he got, he was in the Army at the time. He got discharged from the Army for medical conditions. That And his, the exact term was undisclosed personality disorder. Ooh. A.K.A. He was homosexual. And at the time, you couldn't be gay and be in the army. Right. Now they got that note, don't ask, don't, don't, ask tell. don't tell. Patrick Michael Kearney, Kearney. Patrick Michael Kearney gets so sick of the heat in Texas. Moves to Long Beach, California. Now this guy's a smart guy. But at the time, he didn't have a job. Fresh out of the Air Force. Right? He has a lover. But he's back with his wife. So eventually, David Hill decides to walk out on his wife and move in to Long Beach with his lover, Kearney, right? Mm-hmm. Kearney. So, um, things were going pretty good at that point. And, but the problem was, David Hill kind of got restless. He missed his wife. I don't know what to say. You know, so he just leaves one day. This is when Patrick Michael Kearney was 22 years old. So he's 22 living in Long Beach. David Hill just leaves. They're living together. He just leaves and he hitchhikes. He goes around the country, but eventually ends back up in his wife's arms in Texas. Hmm. So after that point, so she took him back after she took him back divorced and he told her. Yeah, she took him back a couple times. This isn't the first time she took him back. Her name was Linda. Linda Gertrude. Oh, I'm surprised you remember that name. That was not her, the same one, but I'm, I, I was hoping you put that two together, <laughs> those two together. That way, no, it wasn't the same person, but her oh. name was also Linda. So um, Linda took him back, and at the time, so this guy, Kearney, was just got out of the Air Force, bullied all his life, 
had sex with the dog, like all slaughtered pigs, rolled around in their blood, like completely messed up human being, right? Living alone, his life is in shambles now. His lover, lifetime lifetime lover, moves back in with his wife. How long were they together? All through when they were in the service together. So three years? So Yeah, about three years. Well, probably like a year and a half, I would say. So his lifetime lover, they were only together for a year well, and a half? They're, they're, they're going to be lifetime lovers. Oh, You'll okay. see. Well, yeah. he, they're not yet. You're confusing yeah, yeah. the timeline. I'm confused. But he... So, sorry. So he leaves and then Kearney or Kearney gets very depressed. So the first victim oh, no. comes one to out life. Forty six. <laughs> yeah, one out of forty six. Oh my god. Okay, so now twenty two years old, Kearney's life has fell into shambles. His vir- his first victim was nineteen years old, so it's not that big of a gap, you know? So he's a runaway and hang on. Go ahead. What else does he do after being in the Air Force? Like, what's his occupation? No, he gets out. Yeah, after that. Probably just side jobs, stuff like that. Yeah, so, he's a really smart dude. 180 IQ, like, very smart. He His occupation fits into the other um, oh, 13 yeah. jo- 12 jobs. That, what do you mean? He was remember the, the 12 jobs oh, that yeah, we covered yeah, yeah. last week? Oh, he that's a great, great... Keep that in mind because he also fits another one. That's where yeah, I was going with it. Yeah, you said That's that. That's a very good point. See what I'm saying now? All right. Okay, guys. It's 1962. He's on his motorcycle. He's We're dri- going back in time? No, he's no, going forward in time. No, this is the same year. So he's 22 years old. Uh, 77 is when he turns. He's 22 years old. And David Hill. Left him. A.K.A. Tall's. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth just left him. Right? So he's very depressed. He gets on his motorcycle when he goes riding around. He meets his 19-year-old boy. You know, while he's a hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. And he's presumably gay, right? Because he's hitchhiking in California, Los Angeles area. He gets does on his, that mean that you're oh, I, I mean, yes, it does. So he gets on his motorcycle. <laughs> and they go to a deserted area secluded area because they're gonna do their thing they're you know gay sex. they're gonna have sex sex true and then before they can get going with it i guess he pulls out his 22 and pops them oh, in the ear just say popper since we <laughs> no. also learned what that was a couple episodes ago he pulls out his 22 caliber and puts pops a bullet them. right Behind his ear. His left ear? Left ear. Slightly above the left ear. And into his brain. And the the kid's dead. And then once... Did he do it after they had sex? No, this is before. So he... Yeah, so this is first victim. So he's riding on his motorcycle. They pull into a deserted area, secluded area in the desert-ish area. Shoots him in the head, in the back, left ear... Slightly above the left ear and behind it. Shoots him with a twenty two and then looking at the dead body and then has sex with it. Oh, oh god. And okay. then he leaves I had it. a feeling there was gonna yeah. be some sex coming in here. So that was his first victim. And then he leaves it, but then he's like, Holy shit, um, I'm a really crappy serial killer because Well, he wasn't a serial killer yet. Yeah, he's he not a serial killer. I'm a really crappy killer, first time killer, because when I pick this boy up his 16-year-old cousin saw him get on my back of my bike. 
my motorcycle, right? So his oh. cousin was there. It was like at their home. Well, that's just sloppy. He's sloppy shit. For what's his first time? Give him some. Give him a break, man. It's first time. I mean, what, what happened when you were trying to kill someone first time? It doesn't go all. You know, you, it doesn't go right the first time for anyone. Well, sometimes it does. Well, so anyway, he was thinking, "Oh my god, this this is not good." Like. For real, like, I can't believe I did this. This dude, this 16-year-old kid, his cousin, he's going to ID me. So what does he do? He goes back to the house. and Kills conv- his cousin? Yeah, he convinces his cousin to get on the back of his motorcycle. And then, same thing, drives the cousin. And the cousin says yes for some fucking weird reason. I guess he's 16-year-old. He trusts the guy. I mean, he's a scrawny-looking guy. I mean, what's he going to do, right? He gets on the back of his motorcycle. They go out to the abandoned desert, and the same shit happens. Shoots him in the back of the head and then rapes him and leaves him there. So now it's like two victims straight out the fucking park, you know? And this is all because David uh, David Hill, Chris Hemsworth, leaves him, and he's mm-hmm. depressed. Yeah. Does that make sense? I would be depressed, too, if Chris Hemsworth left me, but I probably wouldn't go killing people. Yeah, I would probably just sit in my room and cry. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to some Celine Dion. Eat some ice cream. Yeah. Okay, and so... French fries. Maybe together. Yeah. Like Wendy's. Mm. Frosties and fries. Mm-hmm. So that was his second victim. Two in a row. Boom, boom. And they're related. Boom, 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 boom. You know, <laughs> yeah. Boom, boom. He's killed two people, right? Although kind of sloppy. And he hasn't really developed his MO yet. But he's shot him. Secluded area. He's raped them. And then he just kind of left them there. Right? He didn't bury them? He didn't bury them, nothing. He just left them on the highway. Now, keep on in mind... On the highway? Yeah, on the highway. Now, keep I in... thought you, they were in the desert. Yeah, on the desert and the highways. California, you know, desert and highway go together. Uh... Not, not desert, but like secluded area... Kind of like right. no word. Yeah. Okay. So, so there was a couple guys, serial killers, that Patrick uh, Kearney actually looked up to. Oh. So there was this one, his, his peers, favorite, Dean Coral, which maybe one day we'll get to, right? He was a Texas madman that bribed two boys in his neighborhood with booze and he told them to come over and let's have a party. Right. I wanna have a party. He would We're having one he would, right now. He would get the the his victims and torture them for like days. Oh no. He would amputate their penises. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and oh. he would sodomize them for days and then kill them, right? With their so, own penises? But he would actually with their detached. Yeah, so penises? Patrick really? Kearney, Yeah, he would do all kinds of sick shit. That's he gross. cut off their penises and then sodomize them with their own cut off penises. Yes. What? Oh. Wow. People are twisted. Why are people doing these things? So this was during the 70s. All right, number one, the time area. That's not an explanation. The time, think about it. LSD. I don't know. The the homosexual community was kind of all all moving to California. And it was was an uproar, right? No, I mean, everyone that wasn't homosexual didn't want there to be any homosexuals. At all. Okay, so he kills the second yeah. person, the cousin. Oh, and he like he admires the other serial killer. Yeah, so he's starting oh, to. But he's still not some... a serial killer yet because he's only killed two people. You yeah, have to kill three people in order to be classified exactly. as a serial killer. The oh, FBI three. states mm-hmm. that you have to kill three people, in a... having a rest period between each, to be a serial killer. That's right. So, so anyway, 
he starts collecting all these newspaper clippings of his favorite serial killers of the moment. So he's starting to get his groove, you know. He kills another victim, Mike. Not much is known about Mike, but he is the third victim. He's, his only name is Mike? Yeah, he's, that's all that there was about him. He's a, he's a hitchhiker, you know, mm. coming up to California. Mm. He's, so hitchhiker is the theme. But then he stops killing. But he For is, how long? he stops killing. Do you know why? David Hill moves away from his wife. Again, hmm. and comes and moves in with Patrick Kearney. Surprise. What time is this? Like what time frame? This is in 1962. So this is right after he's killed all those other people. He's still 22. Mm-hmm. He was 22 when he started killing his victims. That's young. So during that year of him, his life is in shambles. His lover left. Finally, David Hill can't have can't do it anymore with his wife. At 22, Kearney. Gets a job of the lifetime of his life, right? I mean, do you have you ever guys seen The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, was he an airplane machinist? He was in. He worked for Hughes Aviation. No way, Howard Hughes. Oh, yeah. So Howard you, Hughes, you know, The Aviator. They really touched upon his OCD. He was like, did. he was a yeah. he was a head case too. At that time, Howard Hughes and his, you know, Leon. Hughes Aviation. That came with prestige to have a job there. Well, how are it's kind of like working at SpaceX deal. now, mm-hmm. huh? It was a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. So he had a lot, and number one, he had a lot of money. They were giving him. He was making today; it'd be over like six figures. He was making a lot of money. He's promoted to senior research assistant for Hughes Aircraft. Now, this is David or David Hill was living with him at the time, so he stopped killing people. He didn't need to kill people. He's he's. At home with his man. He's got his man. His Chris Hemsworth is at home. Why would you want to kill anyone? But he's already three deep, right? He's already killed three people. But he's doing his thing. Life was great for about a couple years. Okay, so they take all that money he's making from Hughes Aviation. They move to Culver City, California. And then David Hill and his wife, Linda, they finally get divorced. It was about okay. damn time. If she took him back, how many times she took him back? Like three? Yeah. Four? yeah. So this was, now he's 26 years old. Kearney's 26 years old. So now it's the spring of 1967. Oh, wow. We fast forwarded five years? No, no. They've been living together for five years. Remember he got a job at Hughes Aviation? Oh, right. So they've been living Sorry. together happily, most of part, right? They finally get divorced. Linda and Dave get divorced. So now they're living together full time. The couple decides to go down to Tijuana. Oh, After the divorce. TJ's. TJ's? Is that what they call it? I've never heard it called that before. I haven't either. They go to TJ's and um, Dave runs into an old friend oh, no. in Tijuana. An old male friend? An old male friend named oh. George. Uh-oh. George is a nice guy. Uh-oh. Really nice, nice guy. I don't know. Not much oh, is known about Patrick his appearance. Get jealous? Maybe. So George invited the couple to stay with him at his place in Tijuana. And that would not turn out to be a great decision for old Georgie boy. Because... I know a person named George. While they were sleeping, it was like the wee hours of the night. George, they were all drinking, having fun. Maybe he was a little jealous, you know. George may have been... Had more broader shoulders, maybe... More oh. the looker. Maybe he knew that they hooked up before or something. I don't know. 
But they were in the house, George's house. George is in the master bedroom. And Kearney, whatever goes over him, gets gets up. It's a wee hours of night. And he goes up to the master bedroom. And just like them pigs, oink oink, he puts that twenty two on the back of George's head and he pulls the trigger. Oh, God. And he kills his host. What a shitty visitor for your house. I mean, he's being nice. He's telling you, come in your house. Please eat my food. Here's a bed, a warm bed. And you're going to shoot me in the head like a pig? Again, this is why I don't believe in Airbnbs. Number one, you don't want to be a visitor and wear someone is homicidal and number two as a as a you know as a host you don't kill your guests yeah that's kind of fucked so was david in the room when he killed him david didn't know anything about this anyone Uh who's coming into your house and someone could kill you david was sleeping apparently okay you believe what you want half the people don't believe it well, I that mean, what's not asleep? to believe? What's not to believe? The guy's dead. The guy shot... Kearney shot this guy with a twenty two caliber pistol in the head. Dave didn't even know anything about it. It's 2.30 in the morning. Kearney, not only that, Kearney pull, drags his dead corpse out of his bed, throws him in the bathtub, has sex with his dead corpse, what cuts it up in the bathtub, and then buries the body parts oh, in George's own backyard. No. Not to be discovered for another decade. Oh, and oh Dave. Oh Dave. He had no idea about it. Believe what you want. Yeah, truth like, is out there. You don't think he, be- the he truth well, is like, out what there. happened to George then? What does Dave think? Well George is George? all cut up in the backyard. I know yeah, that, but, but what, what does Dave, Dave say? Like like it. George is no lo- nowhere to like, be found the next from, morning. Yeah. Hey, they were drinking, they were partying, they were drinking tequila, you know the tequila with the worm? Oh they yeah, were you, you fucking don't drink wasted, that worm. Man. You, you don't was, eat that he, worm. David ate the worm. He ate the worm. Now tequila is my drink of choice, but even I know you don't eat that worm unless you're looking for trouble. Yeah, so he took an exacto knife and actually skinned his head <gasps> so he could get the bullet out because he was afraid that they would connect him to because all his other victims had twenty two caliber rounds at the exact same spot, right? Because he always shot him behind the ear, just like his daddy called him, taught him. So he actually took an exacto knife and skinned his head and then dug the bullet out and then cut up his body in the bathtub and buried him in the backyard. And then he goes back to Dave and is like, Oh, where were you at? Oh, I was just, you know, I couldn't sleep. Kind of shit. Anyway I most likely Dave knew about this. Come on, man. Like, how the fuck would you not? But whatever. I mean, maybe he just had his suspicions but didn't have enough to say, like, oh, yeah, he d- he definitely did it. But maybe yeah. as the story goes on and another 42 people go missing. Yeah. He get- catches on. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know we were talking about Nilsson killing 16 people, 15 people. Which is a lot. It's more than you can count on both of your hands. But like, forty—that could fill up a room. Forty-six people—that's significant. That, that could fill up a small room. Yeah. So they're living in Redondo Beach, and they're fighting. Right, oh. Dave. 
They miss his wife. Again? His ex-wife. Well, no, he doesn't go back there, but he, he's just, he's not happy. Hmm. You know, he's probably having some issues going on in his head. Well, he's probably conflicted. He is conflicted. But here's the thing. Every time, so they get in a fight. Who? Dave and Kearney. Patrick oh. Michael Kearney. Well, I don't know. And every time they get in a fight, lovers quarrel. Fighting about whatever, bills. Um, Dave leaves. They get in a fight. He leaves. Sometimes he just leaves a note, and then he's gone for, like, weeks. Well, he doesn't sound like a good companion. He sounds like he leaves a lot. He doesn't, like, like, to me, it sounds like he doesn't like confrontation. So he doesn't want to deal with the issues, and he just bolts. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's a good observation. Well, his lover is killing a shit ton of people, so... Yeah, but that doesn't mean... I mean, like... I'm not talking about the killing. I'm talking about the other issues that they're having as a couple. And the issues that he's having with his wife or ex-wife. Like, it just sounds like he's not the person for a committed relationship because he doesn't know how to handle the responsibilities. So he leaves. Yeah. So they will get in a fight. And then this time, now you're in 1974. So this is three years before he gets caught. His killings accelerate to about one victim a month until Whoa. he gets caught. So here's he's making his numbers. He's on a quota, right? That's how he gets his forty six. He ramps he ramps up production. You know what I'm saying? So every time they get in a fight, Kearney gets in his Volkswagen Beetle, mm. drives down to te- uh, drives down to Mexico because he knows how to speak. Spanish, Espanol, Espanol oh. right? He knows all those languages. Yo hablo. And he was, so, he was so he was so upset that when he joined the Air Force, he didn't get to use his languages. So now he gets to use the languages. Every time they get in a fight, he drives down to Tijuana, Mexico. Hola, cómo estás? Bien, y tú? Y bien, como sexo. Correcto? No. So, that, anyway. Donde esta <laughs> la biblioteca? La biblioteca. Where's the library? Okay, so he gets addicted to these killings. He starts killing people. He starts killing these sex workers in Mexico. He kills anyone he can. He's ramping it up about one victim a month. And all this killed the same way. like All killed the, the same way. But now he's defining his... He's Now he's defining his, his M.O. So... He's dumping these victims on the side of California in industrial strength trash bags. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Oh, no, they're better than hefty. If you ever worked for an aviation company, they had the best. He was getting his trash bags from Hughes Aviation, and these were like industrial strength, like that would hold airplane parts. Like these oh. things weren't going to break through. You know, see all those hefty commercials where the spaghetti falls to the floor? It ain't like that. Man, these really can hold a, spaghetti right now. I mean, it would take about five of these bags, you know, because like a torso would pretty much fit in one bag, and then you had the arms in the, in the other, right? So maybe three to five bags per body. But the industrial strength, they'd all pretty much hold the bodies, right? No leakage, you know. Mm-hmm. This this episode is brought to you by Hefty. So, 
He kills a shit fucking ton of people. One a month. All gay men between the ages of 17 and 28. Gay. California. Some in Mexico. And he dumps them on the side of the California highways. And they're all the same. Shot behind the ear. Right? Slightly behind the ear. A little above. With a twenty-two caliber. In the brain. So the bullet doesn't exit, and there's no blood, or there's minimal blood flow, right? So and he's skinning all of these people and taking the bullet out, or is that just that? That one? was just that one. Is he having sex with all of them? Yeah. So what he does, he shoots them first. So all right, here's how it goes: a hitchhiker, and a lot of them are hitchhikers. Remember, they're all right. So the California scene: if you're gay, you're going to California, but since it's still taboo there, you can't get a job. Really, no one's going to hire you, so you're like a sex worker. Or a drug dealer. Either way, you're a hitchhiker trying to get to San Francisco. You hop in this guy's hitchhiking today. You hop it's in this like guy's so car. You hop in this guy's car, and literally immediately he's got it down to a science. Before you even say, "Hey, how's it going?" He shoots you in the back of the head as soon as you before you even put your seatbelt on. Then you slump over because you're dead. You know, you slump over in the front seat. He drives you to a secluded place. And then now he's defining his M.O. So he's having sex with the body. But now he's not just leaving them on the highway anymore. Now he's taking them back to his house. Right? When, like, David's not there because they've been fighting. Takes the bodies back to the house. Puts them in the bathtub. Has sex with the body. Drains all the blood from the body. Completely drains them. No blood in the body. Then cuts up the body into five pieces, puts them in garbage bag, industrial strength. So... With a n- oh nice nylon, God. like the hefty, nice... I mean, not the hefty, but the nice... I have a question. The really expensive, you know, bags. And then he dumps them on the highways of California. I have a question. Do the murders pick up when David has... Like, when they're in the... um like when they're fighting when david yeah. has left yeah when they fight he kills that's his release they fight oh what whatever why don't you get out and then he just kills man they get in a fight altercation and he just goes and he slaughters gay little boys or gay teenagers okay jen i'm sorry i'm sorry jen August 24th, 1974. Five-year-old Ronald D- Dean Smith was no. late for dinner after playing in the no. park with a friend. No. Five-year-old? He was with another boy. They were in the sandbox. He was five years old. They got into a small fight. The friend leaves them in the sandbox and he goes home to wash up and... The five-year-old Ronald Dean Smith was never seen again. Two months later, the body was badly decomposed, was found by some kids collecting cans. This was the work of Kearney. The body has been raped, tortured. Like, he's he's getting... I don't know. I don't know what happened there. 
Because he wasn't... It's not he, typical for him. It's not typical, but it became his M.O. Like, all of a sudden... It became his M.O.? He started killing kids? Yeah, he started killing young kids. He started picking what them up and... Par- what you a five-year-old? A, fi- a five-year-old? Well, yeah. In a sandbox. So how many had he killed up to this point? Um, I think he's, like, at 20. And so the last 20 or so are children. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, do you remember I told you that his role model was Dean Coral? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the Dean Coral and I haven't we haven't covered him yet, so I don't know his story, but he was known as the Candyman. Oh, he worked the at candy a candy Yeah, so he worked at a candy, candy manufacturing man, candy center man. and mm-hmm. would get young boys, teenage killings, and this guy Patrick Kearney was obsessed with him. He kept all... And in fact, when the police came and raided his house, the first thing Kearney made sure to do was to burn all the clippings of his mentor, Dean Coral. So maybe during this time... Because he would read these newspaper clippings of Dean Coral, like in the bathtub, and laugh. And be... It, like and in the entertainment. Laugh? It'd be like entertainment. What he'd be like, kind of he'd be like, ha, yeah, oh my god, I can't believe that. Ha, well, ha. I just, I mean, I can't. I, I guess, I guess, I guess. When I think back, this guy's bestiality, and uh, I just, I, what kind of sicko is entertained up. by this? I yeah. just don't understand okay, so how you could. I just don't get it. Dean, I, I don't know. Dean Coral was an American serial killer who adopted abducted, raped, tortured, and murdered at least 28 teenage boys and young men in a series of killings. So this was Kearney's role model at the time. That may have played into this. Okay, so... Um... So it took two months for kids to stumble on his body. They're playing, like, kick the can, and then they find the trash bags. Just random trash bags out there, and they probably opened them up, you know? So all these kids are freaking scarred for life, right? Mm. Okay, so this wasn't the first time... I mean, this wasn't the last time he ends up killing kids. Okay, so there were a couple more young boys. Couple? They were like all this. 20. They were sorry. well. No, they. I'm talking about under the age of 15, yeah, like 13. Yeah, I thought you said they were like. The youngest was five. Then there was an eight year old. Then there was a 13 year old. But they they ranged from five years old to 28. I don't understand how you can kill a child. Like, I, I, all right, there's a difference between like, I, okay, there's a difference between killing like a teenager and killing a child. Now there's I'm not saying there's it's better to kill a teenager than to kill a child but like there's different like like it's a chi- like there's so much innocence. There's this one, there's this one really awful story of Stephen Demichik, his 13-year-old son John Demichik went missing and he was so distraught about it, he was so in denial that he convinced himself that his son who was gay, just moved to, like, San Francisco and is living a good life, okay? He was 13 years old, and he was a victim of Kearney as well. So he was... 
but they they couldn't even identify his mother couldn't even identify him at all once they seen the body because it was so badly decomposed the only way they can identify him was a small scrap of clothing that he wore the day he was missing so um anyway so anyway he his father was so indistraught about this whole episode he he actually lied to his entire family and said that his son 13 year old son ran away to go to san francisco to live a better life he said i dreamed of him up there his dad says the last dream i had he was in a dungeon he was calling me come and get me i asked him where are you and he never answered me i went through a lot of hell so he in his own mind he, he knew subconsciously that his son was had met his ultimate demise but he didn't want to admit it he didn't want to admit it to his family so i think as a parent if you don't know what happened to your child you don't you don't want to think about your child being dead like like i think of that amber alert that we got today like that's like that's the, a parent's worst nightmare yeah. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so i think if i were in that situation i would probably well number one i don't know what i would do but number two i would hope that number two i would hope that we solve what happened to my kid and get my kid back eventually but if that were the case and i didn't get my child back i would just hope you know i i think that i would the only way of coping with life is to think just to try to put it out of my head and think that they're okay in some some aspect even if i know deep down it's not the truth you know what i mean like to lose you're not supposed to lose your child yeah that's not how life is supposed to work that's right yeah, I agree. So it took six years for them to actually find the body. A lot of these. So when Dennis, or so when Patrick Kearney was arrested, he actually made a plea bargain not to get the death penalty if he was to tell the detectives where all these bodies he wow. dumped were. That's how they ended up getting all the bodies they pinned on them. So. Question before we start to get into like towards the end of the story where he turns himself in. What were the police thinking at this time? Like, mm. did were they catching on? Did they have any idea, like a profile for this killer? No. All right. They knew there was a serial killer, but they also knew that there was a Zodiac killer, the Hillside Strangler. The police at this time they were, just were like dealing with a hell of a lot. They were busy during they this time. They were really period. busy. And, number, and also the fact that homosexuality was very taboo so they didn't put as much energy into finding homosexual murderers murderers as they did Did, heterosexuals that makes sense did he have a nickname they nicknamed him the trash bag killer because of he would put him in those industrial strength trash bags although at one time they named him the freeway killer but that name was already taken at the same time Mm. Remember by the like hillside stranglers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That people, there were other serial killers dumping bodies in the same locale. This isn't the scorecard huh. killer. There was yes, exactly. The scorecard killer was. No. Yeah, but this isn't him. No, right? it wasn't him. No, no, no. But I mean, he was around that time too. Hmm. So there was a lot of serial killings at that time, especially in California with the whole the homosexual movement. There was a lot of tension, anger, and. You know, it just perpetuated it even more. So, 
The killings lasted between 1962 and 1977. Total of 46 alleged killings, even though he didn't admit to all of them. That's like three he didn't killers to all that's three killings a year. He ended up admitting to another 18 after the fact. No, not on top. But he was convicted of like, I think it was like 17, something like that. And then he admitted to another 18. So the last body, the final victim was John Otis LeMay. And he was, he, it was a school night. He was a 17 year old kid and he told his friend that he was going over to Pat and Dave's house. And that was the undoing because, you know, his friend obviously knew where he was going. Mm -hmm. So when he didn't come home and it was a school night, the questions were asked. The detectives go to their house. Both of them are there. Patrick, Kearney, and Dave, his partner, were there. Detectives knock on the door. Boom, boom, boom. They were like, and and that was his friend, LeMay. John LeMay was his friend, so they were in shock, right? Even though Kearney literally killed him a few days ago, raped him, cut him up, dumped him on the highway. Pretended he was in shock. The detectives came in, said, hey, do you mind if we take some samples or whatever? Yeah, good, whatever you need. They ended up taking the carpet samples, Right. Um, of the rugs, the detect or the the lab linked those samples to the killing because that was on his person, the body, right? So they went back. The detectives went back and they asked Dave and Pat Patrick for pubic samples and hair samples and even samples of their white poodle, right? So they got all those, and then they started getting worried. Even David started getting worried, you know. So does David know at this point in time? Like, I mean, is he- according to Kearney, he doesn't know, and he never did. When hmm. so, here's but what they happened. were both on the wanted poster. No, here's what happened. Was it their image on the wanted poster? Yes. Here's what happened. Huh. Okay, here's what happened, guys. So the police go a second time to get pubic samples and all that stuff. Okay, then they, Kearney at least, starts getting really, like, really worried. Because obviously they're going to catch him. You know, they just literally need to get a warrant. And he knows he's waiting on a warrant. So he resigns from his job at Hughes Aviation. Goes and he gets his last paycheck. And then they move back to Texas Hmm. with Dave's family. And then Dave's family convinces them to turn themselves in because now they're wanted. Because the detectives go with a warrant to their house, and then they realize they're not home, and that they, they're fugitives. They fled. Mm-hmm. So they go in the house. They find all kinds of condemning evidence. They had luminol testing at the time. Mm-hmm. They, they spray the floor with luminol, which shows blood stains right. all over the freaking house, bathtub. They Dave, found that Mike Patrick and Dave's house. Yeah, Patrick and Dave's house in, in California. Yeah, exactly. They find the hacksaw with John Lemay, the last victim, seventeen-year-old. They find the hacksaw with his blood on it. Mm. I mean, just all this condemning evidence. He's caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now they're wanted. So Dave's family convinces 
Dave, at least, to turn himself in. So that's when they walk into the police station together. And they're both on the wanted poster, and they say, this is us. Now, at the time, Patrick Kearney said, "I before we do anything, they both had trials. He says, "I Dave had no, nothing to do with this. He had n- never knew anything about this, and hmm. he never knew anything about this. Dave was acquitted of all charges. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kearney at first was convicted of three murders but that soon freaking escalated to like now it's like 28 or something like high number right what was david charged for like accomplice to murder yeah or? yeah exactly but because he it was that he because he lived at that residence. yeah exactly but he was acquitted hmm. yeah well that's good for him yeah yeah it, but I, I wonder like how, how much he did really know yeah like I feel like that's the sort of thing where you have to have turned a blind eye to what's going on. In well, yeah, I mean, like if someone's getting killed in your bath, chopped up in your bathtub, like it, at least it would be like, whoa, like what's that smell? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like that's like an intense cleaning process. So he did he chop them up in the bathtub? Or yeah. Did- well, like in the one in Tijuana. So remember they were in Tijuana and they killed his friend George. Yeah. He stuffed George in a closet. So Dave wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that, right? But, I mean, like, did he commit the murders when Dave... Like I said, I asked before, I think. So when they fought, he killed. Yeah, but, like, but Dave was there, gone, right? Were there, there, were no, there was no evidence that Dave was around yeah. during any of those killings? Yeah, so Dave would leave. He'd, hmm. They'd fight, like couples fight, and then he'd leave. And he left he after would... every fight? Yeah, I guess. 46? Yeah, I mean, Dave was acquitted. Like I listen, like I, he knew about it. Come on, like how do you not, right? But that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think that like it, like it, someone's getting chopped up in your bathtub. Like you don't, you don't realize that there's yeah. something. Like you don't see like one little speck of blood and be like, hmm, that wasn't there like earlier yeah. when so and so took a shower. Like that's I don't know. Patrick Kearney was given life in prison with. Seven years before he could apply for parole. So seven after years? seven years, yeah. he could apply for a parole. Yeah. What? That's fucking See, stupid. The life, the life, uh, the death penalty doesn't bother me. I'm, I don't believe in the death penalty. But, uh, but, but the, but only getting seven years before you can get parole that that does. But do you guys ridiculous. think about what that guy's? what that means even today he's still in prison every six years he applies for parole and the families have to go through that hell again because this guy could get out of prison if he was paroled he could get out legally get out so they're the the prosecutors every six years and the families have, no, he was sentenced. That was so you know, once you get sentenced, you're, is yeah. During the time period, yeah. uh, it, you're like grandfathered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every six years, even today, they go through this shit. With he tries to get out, and yada yada yada, and then it goes. The families have to relive all the shit, and the prosecutors they they try to do this campaign where make everyone petition to keep him back in. It is every it's six year cycle. He's like seventy eight now. 
This happens. But he's still, he's still in prison. He's still alive. in prison, yeah. He's alive. Yeah, he's alive. Every six years, he tries to parole. Even today. Is David still alive? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess so, yeah. I'm assuming that David doesn't want anything to do with him. Yeah. They don't keep in touch? No, I doubt it. Loves of their lives? No. But that's the crazy thing. Um, that's so sad for the families. Yeah, because yeah, every... So, I mean, that's, that is a dumb law about the cons- you can't do consecutive yeah so it, well it's not even that because like it does kind of sound like stupid to have consecutive like, even, life sentences like okay we get it but have only seven years for yeah like, it, like, like that's, that's embarrassing like if you even if you only get 46 people if, even if you only get one life sentence like obviously you're not gonna get out of jail but like no parole yeah at least don't grant them parole like that that's embarrassing like even Who, if, whatever judge granted that sentence should like be even if you killed one person that's it like you, you it's a life for a life you take a life yeah you spend your life in jail sorry i mean that's a that's that's embarrassing for whoever whatever judge sentenced that originally well, thanks everyone for listening to Talk Murder to Me. As always, we've had a great, fun time talking to you. And well- we're drunk. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. 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 Hon